is a show that premiered in 2015 that completely defined my sad, angsty, fresh out of a breakup freshman year of college. That show lasted four years, snagged multiple Emmys and Golden Globes, tackled mental health issues, tackled men and women sexuality, and reintroduced musical numbers into mainstream media. I'm Lydia May Arendiin, and the show I'm talking about is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Today on Movie Karma's series on the intersection of social impact and entertainment, we're interviewing Gabrielle Ruiz, aka Valencia Perez on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Gabrielle Ruiz has come a long way from her very, very South Texas home and now spends her quarantine in LA with her husband and rescue pets. While she is best known for her role as Valencia on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Gabrielle shared with us a number of new projects that she's working on. So we discussed her background in dance and musical theater, using her platform to express passion and support for arts advocacy in public education and the artist struggle and so much more. I'm obviously a huge fan of Gabrielle and her work, and I hope you enjoy what she and Jared have to say today. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Uh, Gabrielle, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, So normally, Gabrielle, we we watch uh, an inspiring film, but today we're going to hear about all the amazing work you're doing, because I think you're really inspiring. Um, Folks who are listening to this may know you from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and you're in, in the Heights. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit of your kind of origin story, your background as an artist and as a person, and if you want to mention some of the causes that uh, that move you or inspire you. Of course. I am from very, very South Texas, as we say, because if you say you're from Texas, you have to be specific. It's a 13-hour drive from top to bottom, so... I am from the border town, Edinburgh, Texas. We call it the Rio Grande Valley, about 20 minutes from the border of Mexico. And I was a dancer all my life. I loved the stage. I loved performing dance specifically. And um, before YouTube and lots of the World Wide Web, the world that we're in now on this Zoom meeting, even as an example, um, there wasn't tons of exposure to What I did fall in love with eventually in college was musical theater. I give all of my credit of um, my vocal training to public school education. And I was able to put it together in summer theater in college because I was a dance major, but fell in love with the triple threat per se, uh, singing, acting, and dancing in summer, summer theater work. So I was hired as a company member for five shows in 10 weeks and it was marathon moment. We got a paycheck, I was sold. My soul was sold to performing as a triple threat. So I learned in college quickly uh, about being a professional performer. Um, my mentor and uh, like head of our dance department, her name is Joe Rowan and she always says it's show business, not show begging. And so it was a big, big moment for me to learn that the salesman family that I come from, my grandfather had a huge produce sales, uh, produce business in Texas and my dad works for him too. And so I'm a saleswoman as naturally as it is. Um, I was able to put it together in my, in my career and um, I feel very blessed and I worked also really hard. You know, I like to also mention that too, because there's a lot of no's before the yeses. So yeah. um the, the shows that you probably maybe caught me in around the U.S. and around like 2008 was uh, a chorus line. into the first national mm-hmm. tour. And then I did, uh, in a year after that, was part of In the Heights on Broadway. That was my debut. 
Um, did two other shows, Evita and If Then on Broadway. And then Lynn was one of the big voices of recommending me to audition for Crazy Ex-Girlfriends for the role of Valencia, which ended up being a, an awesome change of pace, um, breakthrough, you know, just change of life, you know, upgrade in life, I'd say, you know, like I, I was able to afford and not feel so sad, so scared about rent in New York, which we love, you know, there's a right. whole musical about it. Right. But, you know, we, we um, also know, like, when you hit, like, there's a moment at, in your career, especially for like independent entrepreneurs, we understand that when you get that moment, it feels good, you know, and so yeah. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was that. And I've been in LA for five years now. It moved us out to it moved us out to Los Angeles. My husband and I got married, and you know we have a puppy now. <laughs> oh, congrats! What kind of what kind of puppy? Yeah, she's a super mutt. She's from Baja yeah. Mexico. She's a rescue. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we have one of one of one of those ourselves. Um, I've been known to steal dogs from other countries and bring them to the U.S. That oh, are on the well, street. Oh, my so. cat. And my cat's <laughs> from Detroit. She'll get her feelings hurt yes. if I don't say anything. But she's also a rescue and from a rough town in okay. Detroit. So. That counts. That counts. Shout out to your cat. Okay. Um, on that though, I've been seeing some of your posts, Gabriel. It's really awesome. You, you've, I was trying to count all the different causes you're supporting. Um, I, and there are a lot. I mean, it, it's super impressive that you're using the, the platform you have to do this work. It's something we try to celebrate as much as we can. I saw that you were supporting small businesses. I saw that you were supporting artists. Um, I saw you did a, a, a fundraiser for ovarian cancer uh, recently. So I just love to hear, you know, Tell us a little bit about that, like why you feel it's important as an artist to, 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 to give back and some of those causes that you're really passionate about, particularly right now in this pandemic. The biggest thing about social media and especially in the virtual world that we are, we have no choice to be in right now is being clear on what makes you passionate and being clear on not feeling as though you're pressured to do too much. So, or being pressured to feel like you need to fit in with a certain cause and whatnot. So it took me a few years before this, you know, um, outreach on how I'm doing it now to really understand what I am passionate about, what I have a voice for and experience for, because when it comes to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it is, it's, and it's May that when we're having this interview that it's, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. And, um, Speaking on a personal level, I, I don't have a lot of experience in depth or in dramatic sense of like what that is. So with, with fans, it's, it's really nice to feel like they feel seen and heard. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, sometimes it was kind of a struggle to, to, to just, I want to be an advocate, but I don't have a story. So like I was trying to figure out what my story was. And I mentioned it briefly that public school education is a huge passion and really gets my heart ticking because I stayed a dance major in college because we were we learned how to teach dance. It's, uh, the, the, the classes were called pedagogy where you learn how to teach. And I have always wanted to give back to public schools in giving those kids classes in dance where it's not so you think you can dance level it's not broadway expectations it's just hey move what does the story tell you what does it mean maybe one kid in the back just finally speaks up because he he loves the song or he is a you know a secret musical theater lover we have no idea or they met and it's been evolved from like 
being specific with my hometown, because again, I didn't have any exposure at all to musical theater, much less knew someone that, you know, what we say made it out, you know, but um, so I I like to be um, a a representation of my Mexican culture, that I text Mex people to be able to let them know that if you want to do this, there's real career in this, but also like just express yourself and, and exercise. So I've worked with housing authorities. I've worked with the public school system. Um, I've also worked with underprivileged youth and all over the state. I mean, all over, uh, not only Texas, but all over the country. So it's, it's now been a part of um, Americans for the Arts. I have lobbied with Brian Stokes Mitchell um, on my side to senators and talking about, you know, arts advocacy. And um, it was really nice to be able to see that kind of move into a live stream feeling where it was art, uh, Teachers, oh, I'm going to write, get the right hashtag, there's so many, <laughs> National Teachers Appreciation Day um, mm-hmm. on Cinco de Mayo, and I was able to perform an original piece written by my husband and thank them for all the work that they're doing, even more so in a virtual world. Yeah, I saw some of that. It's really Awesome. As a product of public schools myself, I, I applaud you for what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, teachers are so un- undervalued, underfunded. And on that note, I'd love to hear more about, you know, how you think this moment, this pandemic can provide perhaps some good things for the world. What changes might come out of this moment that are positive? And what do you think the role of artists could be or should be in creating those changes? I definitely feel that we will never be the same, even if we do, you know, seize through this and go back to normal. I really think we need to wrap our heads around that how we are evolving as a society will stay. And I also think it is for the better. I mean, I, every January through March, I am just stressed about pilot season and what's next and how do I book something? And, and that was really, really taken away from the arts industry, from the television and from the television world here in Hollywood. And the beautiful thing about being an artist that I think comes without saying that I can mention is that artists are always evolving with or without a pandemic. We're always forced to begin and end something. We're always waiting to see if it's gonna work out. I think we're more comfortable with failure. I think we're more comfortable with um, things not working out or you know, your whole schedule gets squashed for the rest of the year because something else happened, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like our voice and our way of work and our, our way of ethics is um, something that other people that are not used to that much of a drastic change can learn from and be inspired from because artists always find a way and they've, and it's been, it's been repeated in history from time again, from wars, from, from, you know, restrictions. And when you, when this is, you know, when God closes a window, a door, another window opens and we really always find that window. (laughs) And that's, that's the thing about expressing the need to express ourselves. So um, it's been wonderful that we can still put together an album uh, from Christopher Leonard, the beautiful music producer, uh, and make an album that's all about uh, thanking the nurses and about what it's like to, you know, be home and alone together is what the album is called. And I was able to be a part of that. And um, 
we just, we always find a way, just like nature does. We always find a way. And I think artists really can understand that. And I hope we can share that as well. And I think we are. And I think even if the certain artist that's doing it already doesn't, doesn't know that they're doing that, then um, other people are already appreciating it. Yeah, I love that. And I saw some of the singing and, yeah. uh, you know, art that you've been putting out to support first responders, which is great. Um, on that note, I hear you have a new podcast um, that you're co-hosting with Blobby Sastry. I saw Blobby's also been speaking out in some great ways on supporting mothers during this time and supporting women of color in the arts. Um, could you just talk a little bit about your podcast, What Are Friends For?, what we can look forward to about that, and, you know, any of the any of the causes that you mentioned or, you know, some of the good work that you're doing that we'll maybe hear about on that podcast. I am so excited about what our friends for it was originally created. Um, and there is a season one between, uh, Paula V. Sastry and our friend, Samantha Wiener, who is, is also a, an artist, but she's, um, she's in New York. So they had a bi-coastal season last year. And the irony is that Paula V's in Los Angeles, which we were excited to have me co-host, except now we're also still recording online because of the pandemic. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're still making it work. And it's literally the dissection, the provocation, the, the inside insecurities, talk about, but also enjoy friendship and what that means. And there is a lot to talk about because everything we had prepared literally the week before LA decided to shut down and things got really serious for the United States. All of our, you know, ideas were thrown out the window and it's, that's, that's also, it was important that as friends that, you know, my husband always says good paperwork keeps good friends, you know, now we're in business yeah. together and um, we talk about that in the podcast and we have really great guests coming up like Javier Munoz from Broadway's Hamilton and oh, wow. Carly Hughes from American Housewife and also another great advocate for arts um, who has her own um, her own business helping uh, parents at home it's called Broadway's Babysitters Club and not club Broadway's Broadway Babysitters and um, her name is Vasti Monpoint so we've had a few guests already that we get to talk about what's it like has, how has your friendship changed? Is it just <laughs> Zoom? Is it, is, are you exhausted? Are you in high demand? Or are you, and you know, have you seen one person? And how did it feel when you saw that person for the first time? And after weeks, and you can't touch them. Right. You know, you yeah. can't hug them. And so, like, friendships have changed. It's a 30-minute podcast. We like to keep it um, condensed to 30 minutes. And also, we do a little bit of like Instagram catching up. It's like Instagram friends versus reality, which is my favorite segment, because it's like, you, you know, sometimes you come over and you talk about your Instagram or like, it's just different now. You know, how, <laughs> yeah. how have you been? I saw that you posted that and you actually yeah. can have a conversation versus seeing your friends online on, in a photo. So we're really excited for it to launch at the end of this month of May. That, that's super cool. And where can people find it? Where they find it? Anywhere podcasts are? Anywhere podcasts are, what are friends for? And we also um, have a team behind us helping us with our website to create a blog. So any photos that we talk about or any causes that people bring on to want to have a passion for, we'll have it all fully accessed on our website. Love that. And yeah, the, the, the uh, struggle is real, as you said, with not being connected <laughs> and not seeing friends. <laughs> I have friends down the street that I haven't seen in a long time. So uh, I hear you. It's tough. I mean, I saw Paula, you know, 
um, in the third week, but far away. And my dog, Leela, was like, why mm. can't I go say hi? And that animal instinct that she brought out, I was like, you're right. This is terrible. So. Yeah. Yeah. Even dogs are bummed. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Um, I hear you're crushing it too with some voiceover projects, you know, love to hear. I know maybe you can't tell us what you're working on uh, and that you'll be returning to Netflix, which is really cool. Um, so oh, right I'm, yes, I, you know, the voiceover animation world is a really slow burn and when it comes out and when things appear, and it's May 12th today, and I got the call for this really big project March 10th. I mean, right before Los Angeles closed down. And um, they've been trying to figure out how to make it virtual or also <laughs> wait, see if we were able to get together, but how to virtually right. record this. And um, it's a blessing that we have the technology to be able to do that. You know. Versus the lawnmower that you might hear in the background, but like there, you know, you can make it happen where this company mm. can feel comfortable enough to put something out. But, you know, I have to just say, I mean, the biggest hint I can give is that it's really super. It's just okay. really, really super. super. And okay. it's super. And the Netflix, and also one for Netflix, I get to sing on it, which is exciting. I, mean, I get to play a cartoon. She's a robot. Mm. And it's the voiceover world is for actors is, a blessing in disguise right now because we are able to do it remotely and independently and get on a zoom call to get notes and get you know how they want things to go for the episode and whatnot and so i'm really grateful for my um my uh agent that has been we've been i mean at the same time though this is not just magic and it just poop happened i've been auditioning for voiceovers for two years now and i literally had a tipping point <laughs> the week of the pandemic so oh, wow. <laughs> strange <laughs> so, <time>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i feel very lucky that the pace is picked up when i have time to do that and i'm literally at home in my closet recording for work so it's really exciting awesome. just make it make the dream work uh that's that's <laughs> awesome uh and to close uh gabrielle you know, it's given that you're, you're finding innovative ways to, to, to work and stay productive and stay creative during this time. And I know you're speaking out supporting causes. What advice might you be able to impart um, to, you know, creatives out there, artists, which we talk to all the time as part of our movie karma community around the world. Um, you know, what, what, what insight perhaps could you share to them as they're looking for ways to stay creative during this time and, and stay impactful as well? Oh, I mean, there's so much advice when it comes to the business side of it, but if an artist hasn't figured out their at-home routine yet, because I think we, I mean, from the actor side, at least, I mean, working from home is in our, it's, it's forced upon our DNA to make it successful, to feel like we're working. If you haven't figured out your, your routine that respects your work time and also respects your your non-work time, um, find that and fight for that. Because what, if you're looking down at your computer all day and your back hurts, you're not sleeping well, really affects the rest of your week. And the small things really make a difference. I, I'm a big stickler for making your bed in the morning, you know, yep. the basics. Yep. Um, because you feel refreshed and take a shower and, you know, force yourself because no one's going to do it for you, especially if you're working from home with no one to hold you accountable. Yeah. It's, it's not accountability to stress upon. It's more just honoring yourself and honoring your craft. So you do have time to, you know, just waddle in that 
song that you haven't finished writing or whatever that is that you can feel like, oh, frustrated, but you have time to be frustrated so you can persevere through, you got to have the space to do that. And I'm a big stickler for, I, I have actually been an accountability coach before for mm -hmm. some like for artists. And that's one of the biggest lessons. That's the biggest hump, you know, just to like, what is your home routine? Where do you have your calendar and how are you organized? And when people feel like they have a, an, an honorable system for themselves, then they have the place to create. And creating is messy and creating is uneven and, and hard and easy and you hate it, you love it, but you gotta have the space for that. Yeah, I love that. And that goes circles back to where we started, which is mental health and making yeah. sure that you you can take care of that during this time. So they're having structure to do that. Um, Gabriel, thanks so much for, for doing this. Um, thanks for being part of it, uh, you know, supporting our independent creators and our causes around the world through film and art. We love that you're doing all the work you're doing and, and keep doing it. Thank you. I'm so happy I was able to be on in uh, this whole like Zoom life that I was able to meet you. Yeah, yeah, sort of remotely, <laughs> even though we live not too far from each other, but we did our best. <laughs> awesome. We did our best. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Gabrielle Ruiz. You can catch her on The CW's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And if you want to know more about what we do at Movie Karma, you can visit us at moviekarma.org. That's M-O-V-I-K-A-R-M-A dot org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever else you use social media. Well, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next episode. Rewriting Hollywood was created by Movie Karma and hosted by Jared Milrad. It was produced by Lydia Orndane and Jermaine Dyson, and our theme music was created by Gerardo Garcia Jr. and Isabel Inkman. Learn more about Movie Karma at moviekarma.org.